Where the hell can I get eyes like that? everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Exploit It, a show where we talk about exploitation and exploitation-adjacent movies. I'm Alexis Jowski. And my guts are currently being eaten by some cave-dwelling monsters. Wow! And you're still able to do the show? That's how committed I am. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about Pitch Black, from 2000, directed by David Toohey. They say most of your brain shuts down in cryosleep. All but the animal side. Guess that's why I'm still awake. The man is gone. He's gone. Why should he bother us? Maybe to take what you got. Maybe to work your nerves. Is he really that dangerous? Only around humans. Zeke! All you people are so scared of me. But it ain't me you gotta worry about now. Whatever it is, it got Zeke and it nearly got me! They seem to stick to darkness, so if we stick to daylight, we should be all right. everybody out here. Um, this isn't an exploitation film. This is actually a very damn good original sci-fi it's just, film. It's just a good sci-fi horror film, kind of in the it's it kind of in the aliens vein, but it just does so many interesting things. Um, it's a far tangent from well, not that much of a tangent from exploitation. I mean, it's exploitation adjacent. Yeah, but like a couple parts down. It's a it's a horror film. So it lives on the same street. Yeah. So, David Toohey, he wrote a lot of fun movies. Um, other than writing and directing all three Riddick movies, he wrote Critters 2, which we should do at oh. some point. Yeah, we should. And Warlock. He wrote a movie that we did do. Oh, yeah? I don't remember. Waterworld. Oh! You know, I liked Waterworld. It's a little long, but yeah. Yeah, we okay. did that for episode 57. 
was another creative, some creative world building, another movie that had creative world building. And so uh, Pitch Black was like Vin Diesel's big breakout role pretty much right before Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I think he'd already, he was in Saving Private Ryan before this. And he was the voice of the Iron Giant. Right. But this was like, this. the first time I'd ever heard of him was this movie. Yeah. And, and um, he knocks it out of the park. There's a reason this made him a star, because he's fucking amazing in this. Yeah, and then after this, he did Fast and Furious, and the rest is history. Yep. Ten films and some change later. So with the, the idea for this story was pitched to the studio. The studio's like, we like this. And so they gave the job of writing to David Toohey. And he had previously written an early draft for Alien 3. Oh, you know, it had, like, the prison in it, but it, they didn't use his draft. So he used a lot of that draft in Pitch Black. Nice. Yeah, it definitely has Aliens vibes to it. That seems to be the DNA of this movie is definitely Aliens. Yep. So we've got this ship traveling through space. Everybody's in cryosleep, except Riddick. Well, he, he, he is, but as he explains, his brain is all, like, id. Yeah, he's like, they which say- Which is the part- that remains awake. Yeah, they say your most of your brain shuts down. All but the primitive side, the animal side. No wonder I'm still awake. And j- just menacing, like Loeb and Diesel, uh, both you know, captivating, charismatic, sexy, but also really scary at the same time. Yeah, and I don't know why they're just transporting him with civilians. Well, I do know why, but it's just an odd choice. It it's John's decision. Yeah, well, they're taking these back roads. Because uh, he's pretend. John, spoiler is John's is pretending to be a cop. Yeah. So you know, Riddick lets us know the other people that he could hear or smell. Yeah, he has very heightened senses. Apparently. Yeah. So he heard a, an Arab voice, and he's like a hoodoo holy man on his way to New Mecca, which is Imam played by Keith Motherfucking David. Yep. We have show not up. done a Keith David movie yet. I'm I know. Surprised. Isn't that isn't that shocking? I know. That's that's absolutely shocking. But yes, I'm sure he'll show up again in the future. And he's like, I smelled a woman, leather, a tool belt, a free settler. Which I presume is the character of Shaza we meet later. Yeah. The the, Aussie accent? English accent? Most of the actors in this movie are Aussie. (laughs) Yeah. This movie was made in Australia. (laughs) That would be a good place to film this movie. Yeah. Even though this actress that plays Shaza, Claudia Black... She did a lot of Sci-Fi Channel. She had regular yeah. roles on Stargate and Farscape. Yeah, she had actually done Farscape before this, <laughs> so she already had some some established. I feel like we just did a movie with her in it too. I don't know. Did we? I mean, I go through these people, but you know, there's so many different titles, and I know. Uh, let me uh, just glance uh, real quick. No, maybe not. No, she didn't do a whole lot of movies. It's easy to no. look at. Mostly TV, you're right. She's done a lot of uh, video game voiceover work, though. She's Morgan in the Dragon Age series. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, she's done some some guest roles on Brick and Morty. Yeah, you, 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 I, I was, I definitely was familiar with her. Um, like I, I've, I was familiar with her before. She's in Diablo uh, three as Cydia, the Mistress of Pain, and two as well. No. No, I just three. Two didn't really have much for voice work. That's true. She's the narrator for Final Fantasy fourteen. Wow. So yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of work for her. But this is uh one of the movies, like her first feature film. Yeah, not TV, but she had done a lot of TV before. So um, 
We also get William Johns, who is played by Cole Hauser. Who now, we Cole we have done before. Yes, he played the villain in Fast and Furious too. Yep, he was the bad guy in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, tying but- it all back together. So not the first. Well, actually, he didn't work with Vin Diesel on that movie, which is really funny. Yeah, that's the one that Vin Diesel wasn't in. Literally the only one. Literally the only one Vin Diesel is not in. That was our bonus for episode forty-seven. So he's taking a Riddick to a prison somewhere a long time, a long way away, and something goes wrong, and the ship starts falling apart. The captain dies. Uh, the first officer gets up, and we learned that the ship is called the Hunter Grasner. Not that that ever matters. They say it once. It, it never matters. But I, I appreciate they took the time to actually name it. Yeah, it's yeah. They're getting cool hit name. by like. My- they're getting hit by, like, micro-asteroids. Like, the stupid autopilot, you know, in his backwoods, you know, coach-class flying <laughs> ship. Well, you know, when you get that self-driving Tesla spaceship... <laughs> right. So, uh, took it right through a little an asteroid belt. So these things are just whizzing through the thing, causing massive holes and... Get smashing it. Killing people. Yep. And the pilot, Carolyn Fry, played by Rada Mitchell, the mom from... Silent Hill, the movie Silent Hill. Yeah, she's good in that, too. Yeah, we should do Silent Hill. The first Silent Hill movie, I I don't care what anybody says, that movie is a legit awesome horror film. So, uh, I agree. That's why we should do it, because so many people hate that movie, and uh, and, uh, where where it's like only Defenders. Yeah, no, I I loved Silent Hill when I saw it. It's like, again, just like great body horror shit. I love it. I think one of the reasons I love Silent Hill... I didn't know it was a video game when I saw it. Oh, I see. I did, but I wanted to see what they did with the movie. I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty good adaptation. Yep. She's also in the As Fallen Saga franchise. Oh, the Olympus Has Fallen, that sort of shit. She's in Olympus Has Fallen and London Has Fallen. But she's good in this movie. So she manages to to safely crash the plane. I mean, the, the, the ship. I mean, she tried to kill a bunch of... <laughs> passengers along the way, but yeah, you know. Even though the computer's telling her that the rate of descent is beyond known limits. Like, that's pretty fast. Yeah. And they're, they're having to drop away, and she's about to drop the passengers. Like, right, because she can't die. get the nose down. Yeah, she can't get the nose down. And she's like, I'm not gonna fucking die for these people. And um, the, the, the first mate, but like, barely still alive, is like, no, you don't do this, and he, he prevents her from doing it but they they crash in and you know some people live yeah including riddick including riddick and johns has his priority to make sure riddick is still secured uh riddick would appreciate carolyn's uh decision that's the decision he would have made yeah well they discuss it later on too doesn't doesn't i yeah i don't think he would be offended i'm sure he wasn't like that's fair and um well i have more to say about that because they do discuss it and he rubs her face in it some, but it's it's like a big thing towards the end. So we'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. But so there's a little fight, and John recaptures Riddick and locks him back up. And at least they've landed on a planet with oxygen and an atmosphere, which was a rarity. Yes. In our uh, entire universe. Le- less, less oxygen than Earth, though, because as they mentioned, they have problems breathing. Yeah, well, also because there's sand fucking everywhere. Yeah, they, they said they feel like they've run on like a marathon or whatever. I can't remember what the actual line was. Essentially, they're just winded constantly. So, um, we get to meet some of the other characures. There's a uh, antique dealer named Paris. Right. 
Um, there's other Muslims and imams. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, yeah. They're on Hajj. Yeah, because he is, in fact, like a priest. And there's this young boy, Jack. Yes, boy. Yes, this young boy, Jack, who uh, tells Carolyn, thanks for saving our dicks. That's right. Which I think it's important. Yeah, that line's funny if you know the twist. <laughs> Especially since um, we haven't met Riddick yet. Right. So Jack is just Jack. That's a young boy. <laughs> and so Johns gives Carolyn the story about how, how Riddick is like the most dangerous man ever. He's escaped from a maximum security prison. And, um, so you're getting the idea that the villain of our piece is Riddick. It, it's yeah. really building that up that, that Riddick is the villain that's going to hurt these people. Right. And, and look, he is, by his own admittance, a murderer. Yeah. And um, so they Riddick escapes, and so they set up a, a group to go off and hunt for Riddick, because he's this big threat, and we have a lot of Riddick hiding out and watching them. Right. And um, we learn that this planet has three suns. Which I was going to look up to see if that's even astronomically possible. It is. I looked it up. That's awesome. There are triple star systems, because I knew there were binaries, but I'm like, are there triple star systems? You know what the closest one to us is? I don't know, 100 million light years. Close. No, not close at all. It's Proxima Centauri. It's the closest star to our sun. It's the central star of a three-star system, with Alpha no Centauri shoot. A and B being the other stars. So not only is it, it exists, it's the closest option we have. Yeah, it's only 4.25 light years away. That's that's like we could build a colony ship and go out there. In a lot of sci-fi, that's where like the first human colonies are. Like in... um. Starfield that I'm playing right now, the the big, big, like, first human colony is in that system. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to expand outside our solar system, that's the closest one. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I mean, the idea is fascinating. And according to scientists in our time right now, there's two possibly habitable planets in that system. Yes, well, maybe that will be our future. Probably not in our lifetime, but maybe, maybe in a couple hundred years. So this planet could possibly exist. Yeah. And um, as they're walking across the desert looking for Riddick, um, Imam is chanting Arabic, which really gives us that desert feel. Yeah. Johns believes he sees trees, which means water. Meanwhile, Paris and Jack have hung back at the ship, and Jack yeah. is, like, talking about how badass Riddick is. Yeah, they, they try to, they're trying to fix the ship. Yeah. And Paris points out, like, did you run away from home, or did your parents run away from you? Because that's the thing, we don't have any backstory on Jack. Uh, we never get any. Jack's like, what, 11, 12 years old? Probably in that range. Yeah. On this trip, unaccompanied? Yeah. Like, his parents aren't dead, otherwise he'd be, like, grieving. So this is very interesting, yeah. You know, so it's like, where did this kid come from? What was he doing on this ship all alone? Spoilers, uh, the kid does show up again in Chronicles of Riddick, but I don't remember if they give their backstory any further. Their backstory is the movie Pitch Black. In Chronicles of Riddick, the backstory Jack gives us is just Pitch Black. Yeah. So we never learn about their uh, their youth. Yep. So um, turns out those trees, though, are not trees. They're big, giant bones. It's like an elephant graveyard. A big fucking creature that used to live there. I don't know how what how that was supported by the environment on this planet. Well, there's several. It's just like a whole bunch of... And um, Riddick is hiding out in the bones, and he's able to to stealthily like hang out behind Carolyn and John's as they uh, as Carolyn admits to almost dropping the cabin and killing all the passengers. 
Right. And Riddick is so stealthy, he could just reach out and cut off some of her hair, and she doesn't even notice. So they eventually move on to find an outpost, and realize that, that there is water, that there is something on this planet, but there's nobody in this outpost. Yeah, it's a coring station. They presumably were doing research, digging for minerals or something. Yeah, they were geologists. Yeah. Um, everything's solar-powered, because there's there's no nighttime, which is well, what, what yes. happens. Yeah, and they even find a ship, and they're like, oh, hey, we can use this ship to help us get out. Yeah, because there's three suns, so night is a thing oh, that doesn't really happen. Yep. Um, so they're they're headed back to the ship. Meanwhile, Jack, Shaza, and Paris hide because they think Riddick's out there, but it's just some other survivor. Right. Who comes up and he's like, thank God, I thought I was the only one who got out of the crash alive, and one of the people shoots him. Just shoots him dead. That's because John's just like, shoot, whatever you see. Yeah. And they're like, I thought it was the Riddick. And then none of them see Riddick hanging out on top of the ship under an umbrella drinking wine. Oh, yeah, I love it. He's just chilling there. It's like, yep. Just he watches this whole scene. Um, they're dragging away this, this dead guy's body. Who, by the way, the credits call him Total Stranger. <laughs> Poor guy doesn't even get a name. Nope. Um, he's a stuntman. The, the actor is Rick Anderson. He's a stuntman by trade. He played an orc in all of the Hobbit movies. Oh, right on. Yep. And um, Reddick's hiding. I do love all of the shots of Riddick hiding and watching these people. Yeah. Because it gives a lot of menace. Um, but then meanwhile, this guy, Zeke, who's dragging the body, gets pulled into a cave by creatures that kill him. And they yeah. believe it's Riddick because Shaza reaches and pulls this cloth away and Riddick's standing right there. So, yeah, it doesn't. It, it, it definitely looks suspicious. Yep. So Johns catches Riddick and they lock him up again. And we get the purple Riddick POV for the first time. Because his eyes are sensitive. Yeah. And he's keeping his eyes closed. Like, he was blindfolded earlier, then he was wearing the black goggles, so we haven't even seen his eyes yet. And he tells them, like, I didn't kill this guy. It's like, all you people are so scared of me. Most days I take that as a compliment. But it ain't me you gotta worry about now. Yeah, Riddick is an excellent detective, apparently. Yeah. Like, multiple times throughout the movie, he's able to, like, analyze, you know, the scene of things and figure out exactly what happened. Very, very intelligent and observant person. Yeah, but he's he's taunting Carolyn here to because to, she's like, let me see your eyes, and he's like, well, you have to come closer, come closer, and like he jump scares her. Yeah, he's just fucking around because he's ridiculous. And then we get to see his eyes that shine. His eyes shine. Yeah, he's got a uh, in the old D and D editions, like Drow had like really good night vision, but we're like essentially blinded in the sun. That's kind of. That's kind of what Riddick has. That's why he wears them, them goggles or keeps his eyes closed. Right, because he can't really see. I mean, he can see in sunlight, but it's very, very difficult and painful. And Jack is there, and he's quite impressed. He's like, where can I get eyes like that? Riddick tells him, you got to kill a few people. Where the hell can I get eyes like that? got to kill a few people. Okay, I can do it. you got to get sent to a slam where they tell you you'll never see daylight again up a doctor and you pay him 20 menthol cools to do a surgical shine job on your eyeballs so he can see you sneaking up on you in the dark exactly leave leave which as we learn in the future movies is not actually what happened no not quite <laughs> in fact jack brings that up in the yeah because jack brings that up in the car. i did all of that 
<laughs> and it just I even got the 20 mental cools. I like that the doctor will work for 20 mental cools. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of cigarettes in prison. Yeah. Um, Especially in, like, a maximum security, like, dark prison. <laughs> Especially since a lot of p- legislators in areas are trying to do away with menthol cigarettes. Yeah. Because that's a flavor. <laughs> well, California, I think we outlawed flavored tobacco or some fucking ridiculous shit. I'm not a smoker. Uh, I I occasionally smoke a cigar or pipe or something, but like like cigarettes have never been my jam or anything like that. But I don't know. Taking away uh, adults' ability to enjoy things that they want to just because some kid might fucking get it is dumb. I mean, they're not banning alcohol, which is just... Right. They're not banning truly hard seltzer. Do you think that's being marketed to adults? Mm-mm. Heavens no. So, but apparently that's okay. So... Anyway, that, I'm gonna get yeah. off my political tangent. Um, Carolyn tells Jack to get out of here, kid. Carolyn goes to investigate the death hole, only she's got a yeah. flashlight and a tether. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my friend just went down here and died horribly. Let me go down there, too. But with a rope this time. The light being the most relevant thing she has, as we learn. Later. Yes. Because we see these creatures that are just hiding out in the shadow behind her. Yeah. And then she finds Zeke's foot and the creatures, and she's like, oh, yep, Riddick was right. Yep. <laughs> and she's screaming and screaming, trying to get out. Uh, Jack is the one that hears her and is like, let's go get her. And they, uh, she almost gets yanked back in by the rope. Yeah, uh, they cut the rope. Riddick has a good laugh. But you finally found something worse than me, huh? And makes this deal with John's that John's like, okay, I'm going to let you go. You know, if you help us get out of here. Like, you're a big badass, Riddick. You can you can save us from the monsters. Riddick is freed, but he he takes a moment to, to intimidate John's for a minute. Saying, I want you to remember this moment. Finally found something worse than me, huh? So here's the deal. You work without chains, without bit. And without shivs, you do what I say when I say it. For what? Down there going back to some asshole of a cell? Fuck you. The truth is, is I'm tired of chasing you. Are you saying you'd cut me loose? I'm thinking you could have died in a crash. My recommendation to me. Take the chance that I'll get shit happy on your wannabe ass. Okay. Ghost me, motherfucker. That's what I would do to you. I want you to remember this moment. The way it could have gone and didn't. Yeah. And so the plan is that they're going to take all of the, like, the batteries from their crashed ship to put them in the other ship to power it up and make it run. And they're using Riddick as a workhorse. Well, he's a big, strong boy. Yep, he's fine. And um, Jack is like, can I go back and talk to Riddick? Can I talk to Riddick? Like, he so wants to be like Riddick. It's hero worship. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's got an imposing figure. He's very charismatic. He's even shaved his head, and he's wearing goggles like him. And he's like, see, see, look, Riddick, I'm like, baby, you. Uh, Riddick's got a mini-me. Yep. And so they realize that they're going to have to get five more power cells at 35 kilos each, which comes to about 385 pounds, by the way. Well, that's heavy. Yep. So they're like, well, we got, we got to do this. We'll do it. Carolyn is like, so why did these geologists leave their ship? And Riddick is just pointing out the obvious. He's like, because they're dead? Yeah, these motherfuckers eaten. <laughs> yeah. These people didn't leave. Come on. Whoever got Zeke got them. They're all dead. You don't really think they left with their clothes on the hooks? Photos on the shelves? Maybe they had weight limits. You don't know. I know you don't prep your emergency ship unless there's a fucking emergency. He's fucking right. Watch your mouth. Yeah, he's just saying what we're all thinking. So what happened? Where are they? Has anyone seen the little one? Ali! Has anyone checked the corner room? And that's right when, like, one of the young Muslim kids goes into this, uh, coring room and wakes up a lot of a lot of baby bat creatures. Yeah, a lot of baby... I think they call them bio-raptors in the sequel. Ah. Or maybe one of the shorts or something. One of the other guys goes in and saves this kid, but he gets stripped down to the fucking bone. Like, oh, piranhas. Yeah. yeah, we get some... We get a nice, like, grim shot of that. Yeah, You watch uh, the, the, un- the, uh, the unrated cut, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They look down in the courting room pit, and it's full of bones, and Riddick's like, Oh, you see, so all the other buildings were, weren't secure enough, so they came into the courting room with the heaviest doors, but they forgot to lock the cellar. Yep. And that's about when Carolyn makes the discovery that this happened 22 years ago, that she's looking at this model with all the planets, and that an eclipse happens every two years and descends the planet into darkness. Every 22 years, yeah. Yeah, has... has Big giant fucking planet blocks the suns. <laughs> yep. And um, so Carolyn trusts Riddick. And let's see here. I got my notes. Um, but Johns is like, no, no, you shouldn't trust Riddick. Let me tell you the particular of of J- Riddick's escape is that he he killed a pilot and stole a ship, which I guess that's yeah. you know he's saying is that, that real- to scare Carolyn. <laughs> yeah, he is. But I mean, also, also isn't that like obvious? <laughs> Yeah, he was on a prison planet. I mean, I guess he didn't necessarily had to have killed a pilot to take the ship, and but also probably that was his option. And it's also brought up that Johns is not a cop, although he's dressed like one. He's actually just a bounty hunter. Just a lame yeah. bounty hunter. He's like he's had a very long history with Riddick. And Riddick is like he's a merc and I'm a payday. He's not going to kill me. Their creed is greed. Right, that's why he won't kill him, because he's worth twice as much alive. And he's like, Carolyn, why don't you go ask Johns why he shakes all the time? And so she goes and sees John shooting heroin into his eyeballs. Yeah, this motherfucker's an opiate addict. And she's like, oh my god. And he's like, what? What, you have your caffeine in the morning, I got my morphine. She's like, yeah, you got two mornings every day. That's right. Um, and then they see that the big planet's moving in, that this eclipse is sooner than they thought. They have a solar-powered sand cat. Yeah, turns out solar-powered thing doesn't run so well in the dark. And so they are hauling ass. Well, no, this planet is hauling ass. Like, we see them, like, rushing with the, the stuff. Yeah. To get back to the ship to get the power cells. And um, 
this planet is fucking booking. <laughs> yeah, we don't know much about the rotation of this planet. This planet may have a very fast rotation. Yeah, it could. But yeah, the- remember, everything has to kind of align every 22 years, but that also means that, like, the big planet's moving at a certain speed, and the little planet, you know. Yeah, and the big planet is really, really big, that this eclipse will last a long time. Yeah, they never say exactly how long, but we're talking more than days. Well, we see the size of the planet as it's going across the skies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a bit. Yeah, and so they, the eclipse is starting just as they get to the crash ship. Like, their, their solar-powered thing ain't working anymore. And that's when they see these creatures fucking swarm out of all the rocks. It looks amazing. Yeah, there are a lot of them. And Riddick is just looking at him with his purple, you know, vision. Yeah, his night vision, because you can see all of it. And he's just like, oh, it's so beautiful. And it is beautiful in a very horrific, nature-you-scary sort of way. Yeah. Uh, these creatures come right at them, and so Riddick ducks down, but Shaza doesn't, and she's fucking flayed in the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, torn, like, apart, and, like, her torso and head carried off, and the fucking, like, wow, all right. Yeah. And doing that. So the, the creatures are screaming and screaming as everyone's... Like, hiding out in the wrecked ship. And Mom supposes that they're using echolocation. Yeah, that's probably about right. I mean, we get vision of theirs later, and it's, like, kind of, like, grayscale. So, I, it probably is some sort of echolocation that they're using. It is important to point out, these are not supernatural creatures or anything. These are just creatures that live on this planet. They're just yeah. terrifying. <laughs> Nature, you scary. Although, the evolution that would bring these creatures... And make them the apex predator confounds me. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're kind of like cicadas. Yeah, because we learned that the light actually hurts them. The light scalds them. Even like artificial actually, light. <laughs> actually physically injured. Just like any UV light hurts them. Yeah. And so they, they need to stay in the dark. So they, they can only come out once every 22 years. But they are the apex predators that have devastated this entire planet. It's, yeah, it makes you wonder how they survive. I mean, we obviously learn later they do eat them, they do cannibalize themselves. Yeah, but is that the what they re- do for 22 years? Just eat their young? My guess is they grow really slowly. If I had to guess, I, I would imagine they're like cicadas, where the eggs get laid in, and they develop very slowly over time, and then over the course of 22 years before they're born, and then they ones that survive probably just go dormant again. Yeah, that could be. And then, you know, they, they eat, like I said, they cannibalize each other, so most of them die. Every 22 to the bigger years. Ones. Every 22 years, the uh, leaving only a few of the larger ones left to go back down, mate, and then probably... And they could have, hibern- a, yeah, a long hibernation, very slow metabolism that'll take them 22 years to digest the meal they had. Right, I mean, we already see this with, like, snakes and stuff, where they, they digest very slowly, even here on Earth, so let's find something that's on the extreme end, where it takes them two decades yeah. to really fully digest their meals. You really only need to feed a snake once a week. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not impossible. It is weird that these things would have evolved in these caves, but uh, apparently they're very efficient predators, and they evolved some sort of weird metabolism system and slow mating cycle, and are able to basically control the planet every 22 years when they're yep. active. Carolyn and Riddick want to load up what they can and see how much light they have if they can take this 70, you know, the 315 t- t- pounds of power cells across the desert. But Johns is like, no, 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 we just gotta hide out in here, even though the creatures have already gotten in here and eaten a kid. Yeah. So Carolyn asks John, how much do you weigh? 
79 kilos. Why? Because that is a 79 kilos of gutless white meat. <laughs> so they, they decide that they're going to do this. That they got to get ready. They got to get lights and to get the power cells all strapped into this thing. Riddick tells them, like, watch your cuts. They know our blood now. And Jack gives a very, very concerned look. Yeah. I guess Jack is, is maybe cut somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. Bleeding somewhere? I don't know, Jack. Yeah, Jack might, might be trailing some blood. Yeah. You don't see anything. Well, that, you know, might be under the clothes somewhere. Yeah. So they, uh, they, they get plenty of light from the power cells, actually, and their flashlights. And they've got a bunch of alcohol to make these, like, torches. And Riddick is running ahead of them with his night vision to make sure things are clear. But a fucking coward antiquities dealer Paris just goes like, no, and he crawls away with a power cell, kills their fucking lights, and he's justifiably eaten by these creatures. I like the scene where he dies, though. He like He's got like a lighter. Yeah, he, he hits the lighter, and we just see that he's surrounded by these huge fucking creatures. Yeah, right, as they pounce on him, it's just like, Dozens of them around him in the dark, around the light, just waiting for the light to go out. And then they're realizing that they're going to have a hard time making it through the canyon up ahead, like that's going to be Death Row up there. And Riddick says, yes, especially with the girl bleeding. Right, uh, because again, Riddick is a genius. Yeah, and Carolyn's like, wait, no, no, I'm not bleeding. And he goes, no, her, and points at Jack, because uh, Riddick can smell periods. Well, I mean, like I said, he's an excellent detective. You can deduce things. And also, from the beginning, we know that he has really heightened senses of smell. Yeah. So he, he smells, I mean, he was able to detect, you know, just the, like the, like the one woman, you could, she could know that she's like a prospector. And yeah. So we know that Jack is trans, which. Yeah. I mean. I, I say it because like he was trying this identity before he met Riddick. That's true. Because he was like, that's the importance of the you saved our dicks line. Is because Jack was already presenting his mail before ever me- following into this Riddick hero worship. Now I don't remember how that plays out in the sequel because in the sequel it's Jackie, but it's only like just that little bit in prison. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't remember. Um, I spent a long time since in Chronicles of Riddick. But now all the pronouns shift, though. Now now Jack becomes she, right. <laughs> which I don't like. But it doesn't happen much. They don't use m- many pronouns. The movie, yeah, the movie in general. Other than Riddick saying they've been nose open for her ever since we left. In case you haven't noticed, they go for blood. <laughs> yeah. And then John says, stuff a fucking cork in this kid and let's go. And I was like, whoa, whoa, fuck you, Johns, that's mean. John's an asshole. Like, you don't care that he fucking gets wrecked. And so John. Leads ahead with Riddick, you know, as they're going, and John starts talking about triage and sacrificing these people so they could get away. And Riddick's <laughs> like, yeah, you called it murder when I did that. <laughs> right, exactly. And so John's like, let's kill Jack and leave Jack out there for them, and then we could all get away. And John's like, hmm, you know, I think we'll need a bigger piece of bait. And he fucking turns on him, and we get this great fight uh, between John's and Riddick. Where Johns becomes the bait so they can escape from the creatures. Yeah, Riddick uh, manages to hamstring him and cut him in the back and leave him bleeding and unable to get away. And his head gets bitten off by one of the creatures. Yeah, and Riddick says, I told you you should have ghosted me when you had a chance. Yep. So, Riddick also, he's playing with the skeleton of one of these things. And he's like, oh, a blind spot. Again, just 
brilliant at observ- observing things. Yep. It's like, okay, look at the skull. There's no way it can see me from this angle. So they start running through the canyon. And Riddick is telling them, don't look up, don't look up, because there's blood dripping all over them. They look up anyway, and they're like, oh, right. Fry looks up anyway. Yeah, and she's like, they're killing each other. And Riddick's like, I fucking told you not to look up, just keep running. Yeah, they have some sort of blue blood, so low oxygenated, probably just because they the environment, they don't need it. Jack gets pinned under a beast. That Riddick has to fight with his bare hands, knowing where the blind spot is under their chin. And just guts it. Guts it. And then, they're like, we got our lights, let's go. It starts to rain. Yeah. And this had a couple of conversations about God. Uh, Actually, one of my favorite scenes. uh, Your mom comes up and starts talking to Riddick about God. And like, oh, you don't believe? He goes, no, you don't wake up in a dumpster behind a liquor store with your bill cord wrapped around your neck and not believe. You don't spend half your life in penitentiary without believing. No, no I believe. I just hate the fucker. Yeah. I love that scene. And, and when, then it starts raining and he goes, where is your god now? Yeah, he's like, where is your god now? <laughs> and they, um, Riddick has everybody hide in a cave. Because now the only ones left besides Riddick are Jack, Fry, and Imam. And he just stuffs them all in a cave, throws this big-ass rock in front, and he's like, and he just takes off on his own. And you don't know, is he going to betray them or what? Probably. Maybe. I mean, I think that was, it was his original intention. Yeah. And so they're trapped in this cave, but they find a species of glowworms. Now, my uh, hypothesis, and um, I could be wrong about this, but it would definitely be ironic and amusing. That, I think those are the larvae of the creatures. Really? And that's, that, just my, that's just my thought. And that glowing is their survival mechanism that keeps them from getting eaten as they're young? Right. That could be. Um, but since they've got the glowworm lights, Carolyn runs out and sees Riddick powering up the ship. And is like, she's like, were you going to abandon us? You know, Riddick, you've got to, there's got to be some part of you that wants to rejoin the human race. Because I wouldn't know how. And Riddick is like, hey, you were going to kill everybody to save yourself. You still can right now. Just abandon them and come with me. Like you were going to do when you crashed the ship. He was imp- I mean, he's impressed with her, her survival instincts. Yeah. Strong survival instinct. I admire that woman. I promised him that we would go back with more light. Did you? Hmm. What are you afraid <laughs> Me afraid. Come on, Riddick. There's got to be some part of you that wants to rejoin the human race. Truthfully, I wouldn't know how. Well, then just give me more life for them. I'll go back by myself. Okay. There you go. Please just come. I got a better idea. Come with me. You're fucking with me, I know you are. You know I am? You don't know anything about me. I will leave you here. Step inside. 
sure you can. Yeah. Here, I'll make it easy on you. Take my hand. Come on. Come on. Look, no one's gonna blame you. Save yourself, Carolyn. But she starts crying and she's like, I can't, I can't, you know, like, yeah, that was a bad thing I did, almost jettisoning all those people. But she's like, I'm captain of the ship. I'm not leaving anyone on this rock. And he asks, would you die for them? And she's like, yeah, I would. She finds interesting. <laughs> Apparently never encountered a human being with any sort of altruism before. Yeah, he finds it interesting enough. So she goes and saves the the others. She saves the mom and Jack. And as they're coming back, you know, a creature comes and attacks, and Riddick's got to fight it. It's very interesting, because that whole thing that he's so so intrigued by that shows that his entire life, he's never met anybody else who is not just out for themselves. That explains a lot of about his character. Yeah. So Riddick battles this thing and survives, but Carolyn runs in and saves him. And in doing so, she dies. The, the creatures tear her away. That she died for Riddick... And Riddick is screaming, not for me, not for me. Right, because he doesn't, he doesn't think he deserves it. He yeah. does, it's not, he's not an innocent, he doesn't need to, you know, if it's his time, it's his time. He's going down his way. Yeah, Riddick's like, you were supposed to die for them, not for me, you know. Because they were fine, they managed to, the other, you know, the other two got to the ship. And that's his big character arc there, is realizing that, well, shit, you know, in order for her death to have meaning, I have to save these people now. Right. So he gets in the ship, and before they take off, he turns off all the lights to draw the creatures in, and all the creatures are surrounding the ship, and Riddick goes, we can't leave without saying goodnight, and then fires the rockets and just fucking torches all those creatures. Yeah, she, he wanted to make sure he killed as many of the fuckers as he could all the way out. And then they, they, they fly off into space. Um creating a, a narrative that Riddick died on the planet. And that's it. That's the movie. No post-credit sequence. Nope. I don't think they ever intended to make a sequel or anything, but I think I think Vin Diesel's performance may, and the fact that it was relatively successful on a modest budget made them go, you know what? Maybe we should do one. Well, and Vin Diesel likes these projects. He was the oh, one he loves pushing the for the... Yeah, he loves the character. He was the one pushing for Chronicles of Riddick, and then Riddick... Part three is just called Riddick. Riddick is good. Uh, Chron I, Chronicles of Riddick is a weird movie. It is very I, weird. 
like I kind of liked it, but also it's very like super high sci-fi fantasy. It's like, so steeped in lore. It almost it's too it's it's too much. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, but it is a lot to take in at one time. Yeah, there's a new one that's being worked on still. Has been for quite a while. Yeah, they announced they were in production, I think, as of this year. Yeah, Riddick 4, the Furion. Yep. Uh, spoilers, he's not... He's human, but he's not really human. Yeah, we find out in Chronicles of Riddick. He's from a planet called Furia. He's the last Furion. And apparently Highborn, because that's part of where the eyes come from. But it's who he is. They're kind of like man. They're kind of like Mandalorians, like their culture, like the description. But that's all so. in Chronicles of Riddick. This film, like on its own, just an amazing movie. Yeah, I mean, I like the characters, so I'm glad we've gotten a little bit more, and I'm looking forward to the fourth one when it comes out. I think it's shooting for next year, or the year after. But this movie by itself, it by, might be a lot more like Chronicles of Riddick, though. Yeah, well, it's definitely going to go back into the. The lore. Deep dive into the mythos, <laughs> I think. I mean, it's he's going to be he- shooting for his home world. Oh, it's called Riddick Furia. That's what yeah. it, the Force One is. Yeah. So I think that's going to be more steeped in lore again. So, yeah. But uh, the character's off. Vin Diesel just embodies this character. He does. I don't know if anybody else could play this character because you have to somehow be a you know a psychopathic murderer with you know the sense of honor. That is also charismatic and captivating, and you cheer for. Yeah. Also, Vin Diesel's super fucking young in this movie. He is. It's like, damn, baby. Baby Vin Diesel. Yeah, considering the guy's like almost looks ageless, though. Yeah, no, I I, I see the same fucking picture of Vin Diesel at the dollar store every couple weeks. Every couple weeks. Yeah, no, this is, there's a reason he became a star. This is the movie, and he just completely carries this film. And here is a film full of other good performances. Cole Hauser's performance is good. Keith David's performance, Rodham Mitchell. All these people put on a really good performance, and he still steals the show. Um, well, let me see something here. It had a budget of $23 million, and it made, well, it made 39 at the box office. So it did make its money. I think it did well in um, in in video sales or DVD oh yeah, sales. it became a huge sleeper hit. And much I also like I Event think, Horizon. <laughs> I don't think they made. I don't think they had much of an advertising budget for it either. So they probably didn't spend too much in advertising. I didn't know about this movie until several years after it came out. I only knew about it because my dad watched Siskel and Ebert, and then Ebert and Roper religiously. Yeah, and I remember them doing a review of it and talking about Vin Diesel's performance. Yeah, it, it wasn't well received by critics at the time. Except Vin, Vin Diesel's performance was well received. Yeah, Ebert gave it two out of four stars. According to what I'm reading here, the San Francisco Chronicle gave the film zero out of four stars and called it a tiresome experience. Well, you know, Fuck critics, you, critics don't, San Francisco critics Chronicle proof that critics don't know shit. Yeah, because this movie's amazing. It got sequels, and uh, there's like little spin-off things. There was that uh, the game, the first game, Escape from was it Butcher Bay or whatever? Yeah, is fucking phenomenal. Which they've updated. Yeah, I need to play the updated one. But yeah, no, great, great movie, great performances. Has aged well. Even the CGI has aged shockingly well, given the budget. Yeah, so much that um, 
this movie's kind of in some circles retitled The Chronicles of Riddick Pitch Black. Yeah. I mean, it is I mean, it is technically the first in the like Star Wars, like and <laughs> Yeah. But if you're going to call them all Chronicles of Riddick, then you end up with The Chronicles of Riddick Pitch Black. The Chronicles of Riddick The Chronicles of Riddick. Right. And then the third one is The Chronicles of Riddick Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's getting, uh, uh, and then the, the fourth one would be the Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick <laughs> Furia. Two colons in that title. <laughs> so many colons. More colons than a colon. I don't know. No. I had a joke there that escaped my head. More colons than we've seen dragged out in this movie. That's right. Yeah, no, no, this movie's great. And yeah. I love it the first time I see it. I think it I think it gets better every time I see it. I finished the movie and wanted to watch it again immediately. Yeah. Um I almost started watching Chronicles Riddick, but I was like, oh wait, I don't want to spend money. Well, we'll probably just do them eventually, but Yeah, yeah. we will probably will. Probably after we finish um well I'll get to that. We didn't yeah. rate this on coffee, although I don't think we really need to. This is like uh, the, the best is- morning coffee. Yeah, this is premium morning blend. This is such a good movie. It's a masterclass in pacing, too. It is. And, like, red herring, because you don't know about... If, if you go into this blind, you don't know about the aliens. Right. It and that's really the, builds up that Riddick is the villain. Yeah. Obviously, we've seen it a few times, but, like, it's it's just like... I mean, I'm just watching this the other day, and I'm going, man, the pacing is so good. It just builds this tension bit by bit by bit until the... Until the shit hits the fan, and then it's just insanity from there. And the movie feels much shorter, because it's just everything is happening so fast at that point. Yeah. It just doesn't let up. Yeah, it's 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 just, it just feels like a perfectly balanced, and the movie is just under two hours long, it does not feel... No, it, it feels long. like a brisk 80. <laughs> yeah, it is a, it is just a very well-crafted film, and I think... I, it, it gets a lot of respect, and I think it still even deserves more than it is. And one of the best like sci-fi horror movies ever. It's up there with Alien. I mean, it is. But so our uh, our bonus episode this week. Well, no, I don't call them bonuses anymore. It's just the second episode, and the way I list them when I publish them, that like Pitch Black is going to be episode seventy-two, and then the other one is seventy-two point five. This one's about family. Yeah. Our bonus episode, our point five episode, is about family. It's it is Fast and family. Furious Four. We're getting back to that franchise again. Yeah, and probably after we finish those, we can get back to Britic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to catch up. We got to catch up before the next fucking or Fast Ten finishes. Yeah, we do. Part, part, Fast Ten Part Three. We got a couple of years. We got to get there. Well, let me take a quick look here at the schedule because. I've put I how many do I have so far in the schedule? I think you're through six, right? Yeah, yeah, I have six. Is the last one that I've put in the schedule? I mean, Fast Ten. Let's see. I don't know. Then I think it's not. When's the next one coming out? Oh, it's the I second don't know. part of this is it next year? They're just gonna keep making more. I don't understand how you possibly stop because you just got. They're so profitable. Yeah. But that's what we're doing for the point five episode, and next week is he ya kung fu. Yeah, that'll be fun. There's some good ones. Yeah, they are good ones. We will catch you then. <laughs> <laughs>